So for the past several weeks, actually now months, uh, we have spent an appropriate amount of time and never enough time available to take you on a journey that is 1,248 pages long, 10 units, more chapters than units, uh, for Black History 365, an inclusive account of American history, a course load, as I like to call it, written by Dr. Walter Milton Jr. and uh, Joel A. Freeman, a Ph.D., We're at Unit 10, and throughout this journey, there have been a great uh, many advancements uh, with uh, various school systems adopting the book. Uh, From many of you that have given me feedback, homeschoolers, parents, individuals, curiosity seekers of knowledge, if you will. And this is not the end, but just another step in our journey. I'm joined by Joel Freeman now, one of the authors of said book, and a part of our series to bring education, thoughtful process, as Joel likes to remind me, compassionate listeners and fact-based respectful communicators uh, to the table. Joel, my friend, uh, Again, Unit 10, not the end, uh, just the next step. We have so much more to go together. Oh, my goodness. I am so excited about the topic today. I I grew up in Alberta, Canada, a little town of 2,000 people with nine ice hockey rinks. In fact, if you wanted to be a volunteer fire department person, uh, they they first wanted to see how well you could flood a rink without any bubbles or waves in it. How very Canadian, but, you know, true to this story because, you know, the, the, the story is history and Canada is a part of this history. Yes, it is. It certainly is. I, I think of people in the South um, during the time of enslavement, you know, we use words like kidnapped, you know, and, and, and the thought comes in our mind when someone, I remember in uh, I think it was Columbus when uh, a man had kidnapped three girls. And people wanted to, uh, you know, do all kinds of bad things to this man when they found out what he had done. And you think of the word kidnapped or captive, uh, it, it is just, it, it conjures up all kinds of different ideas and thoughts. And the impact that it had on the people who were in that system, the people of African descent, is that I'm sure some experienced the Stockholm Syndrome, uh, some just lived in constant fear. And, and wondering, what, what do I do? And then some escaped. And uh, the, the different ways that they escaped, I mean, they had no understanding of what they're going to do. But then they get up into uh, 1850s, the fugitive slave laws were instituted. And uh, now the, in the North, the people had to make sure that people from the South came looking for uh, someone who had been enslaved. They had to be complicit, had to help out, or there was there were all kinds of issues that came on them in the north, uh, in in terms of law enforcement. So people had to escape into Canada, and uh, that's the story for today. Yeah, the African Canadian timeline, something we don't hear about often in the history, Joel. That uh, Canada was part of this history and integral. You know, in, was there a component uh, because of Britain's 
uh, obvious, you know, turnaround on slavery, abolishing slavery in Canada and the relationship to Great Britain? Yes, yes. There were loyalists and uh, the people in, in Canada. Um, I think what happened is, it, and, and it wasn't all Pollyanna-ish, uh, there were still some challenges. And I, I know at one point in 1800s, people escaped from Canada to Vermont uh, because things were a little bit tough. In the 19, early 1900s, there were a lot of racist things going on in Canada, um, imagery and things like that. But uh, for the most part, there was an openness. In fact, there was a guy by the name of uh, Benjamin Drew that he wrote a book called Refugees, where it was four, published four years after Uncle Tom's Cabin, and he had had some interaction with Harriet Beecher Stowe. He went into, into Canada and went to all of the different uh, settlements. You had the Don Settlement, the Pierpont Settlement, the Oromende Settlement. Uh, you had the Queen's Bush Settlement and other settlements. Uh, there were six main settlements, uh, regions, and then a lot, not, a lot of other settlements occurred. Uh, some were very successful. Some uh, kind of fell apart after a while. But he interviewed, uh, I don't know how many, but 118 of those stories ended up in his book. I have two in, in my collection uh, that we use, Walter and I use. And by the way, I want to give a shout out to Walter. He was on travel. He's on travel today. And he was uh, kind of 50-50 in whether or not he could make it here. So I'm I'm trying to do the best I can without Walter on this edition uh, of the David Webb show. But uh, what happened is that um, the, the, in the settlements, uh, Benjamin Drew interviewed a number of people. And uh, one story about a, a man that was there in, in, uh, uh, on, in Toronto, he had a building for uh, had a house. This is after a few years. He owned his own house and had two uh, rental properties in Toronto. And th these incredible stories began to emerge from, uh, from Vancouver all the way over to Halifax. You know, Joel, to that point, there were differences in the provinces, obviously, but did these stories, if, even in that time when communication was obviously different than today, uh, how much of an effect and how effectively did those stories reach back into America, into the South or all across this country as it was growing? Well, what happened is you have, uh, you know, for instance, Harriet Tubman is in this book uh, from 1856 called Refugees. Uh, she was interviewed. This is before she was known as the general or Moses. But uh, you can imagine uh, she isn't being interviewed. Uh, she goes, she, she is experiencing life in Sault Ste. Marie and some other parts of, of Ontario. And uh, she goes back and, and uh, she uh, you know, some estimates, that some say that she only, uh, that it was the number is more like 70 people that she freed, and some say over 300. Uh, there's a lot of debate about that, and probably will never know for sure. But she was a diminutive woman, less, probably less than five feet tall. And every time she'd go back in, <clears throat> the word would be shared amongst the enslaved of what was going on in Canada. I'm sure that this information came back to, to, to the people in the South. And so what happened is that you had settlements developing, for instance, in Vancouver, a place called Hogan's Alley is a six block area. And, uh, and that, that just, it, it was a lot of music, uh, a lot of interaction. 
Uh, you have folks like uh, Duke Ellington played there, uh, Sammy Davis Jr. There, there's a, uh, an act called the Crump Twins. They claim that they taught Sammy Davis Jr. how to dance in Vancouver. Uh, you had um, uh, Jimi Hendrix performed there, uh, uh, Cab Calloway. And then you go all the way over to the, to the eastern part, to Halifax. You have a, a community called Africville. <clears throat> and it's a terrible story about how the government stepped in, moved them into, into uh, house, housing development in Halifax, took away their land, and used it for other purposes. And now it has, uh, there's a memorial there, and they have an annual gathering there. But just, uh, there's a lot of stories, um, you know, all across the entire continent. There's a guy by the name of, of um, uh, Ware, Charles Ware, and he, <clears throat> he grew up in, uh, South, uh, in South Carolina. And what happened is that he uh, went to Texas after the Emancipation Proclamation. I'm sorry, his name is John Ware. I apologize for that. And he, he, he uh, went to Texas, and then he took a uh, um, uh, he, he worked for a time in a uh, in a ranch, and then what happened is they uh, took a cattle drive up north to I think it was Idaho, and while he was in Idaho, <clears throat> a guy from Alberta, Canada, was down there and said, "Hey, I would like to hire you to lead it uh, something up in you know uh, some long longhorn steers up into Calgary area." He did that. He fell in love with Alberta. <clears throat> he ended up uh, developing a whole community, uh, just an incredible business. And when he passed away in Calgary, they said up to that point in history, no one had, a, had had a funeral with so many people attending it, loving this man. All the way from South Carolina to Texas up to Alberta, Canada, and making an impact in Canada. My guest, Joel Freeman, one of the authors of Black History 365, an inclusive account of American history. We're at Unit 10, African-Canadian Timeline and a Road to Freedom resource. Uh, so many people have given me great feedback on this course load, Joel. Uh, this resource component, and, you know, when I first got the book, I went to the back pages. I was always that kid in school. I wanted to see where the story ended and work my way there. But here you have so many QR codes, so many elements that tie this this road to freedom together. Uh, and that's one of the good things about this book. One of the great things is this, you know, extension of what's in the pages. Uh, we're at Unit 10, but we're moving forward together. There will be more to come uh, from Black History 365 for all of you at bh365.org. But, you know, what about some of the successes? We, we've talked about that. Uh, adoption by schools, uh, by various institutions. And, of course, you know, you continue the work. The work doesn't end at Unit 10. You know, uh, David, we are so excited. We see God's fingerprints all over this project in the way that it is being received uh, around the country. Uh, we have places like uh, Brooklyn, New York. Uh, we just uh, a few weeks ago had a, a thousand people on a Zoom celebrating the launch of Black History 365 in Brooklyn. That will migrate to the other boroughs throughout New York City. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, there's 30-plus boroughs. And uh, so a little by little, it's Manhattan, Long Island, you know, all the rest of them, Queens. 
uh, will all be adopting this because of, of the excitement around what's happening in, in Brooklyn. Denver, uh, they, they voted unanimously, the board, to accept uh, Black History 365. And, uh, and uh, Peoria, Illinois, um, I mean, this just, uh, it's just like an educational earthquake that's happening around the country. And now we just finished up three through, nine, three through eight. So we have uh, different uh, stories of, of uh, you know, as you go through, like in, in third grade, we cover African-American life and culture. Fourth grade, African-Americans shaping a nation. Uh, fifth grade, we get into African-Americans and the arts through history. Uh, modern day Africa in sixth grade. Seventh grade, black influence from African, uh, ancient Africa to modern times. And eighth grade, with the black experience in America from when the first slaves arrived in the early 1600s to Reconstruction. And, uh, and then, of course, the ninth through twelfth grade, that is, um, is something that uh, is already available. And then we now have about 15 colleges and universities throughout the country, uh, Morehouse being one of them, that uh, are now adopting this curriculum for freshman, sophomore years. It's an amazing uh, journey you've begun and that we're still on, Joel. I like the fact that this is also uh, going to the children at the early stages. You know, we want them to learn to become better thinkers and not be guided in one direction or another. History plays out every day. It's literally happening today. So we have to keep telling the story for what it is. Uh, Black History 365, BH365 for everyone listening, if you're new to the segment or the show for any reason. Uh, the Elephant Experience, for, for just a minute, Joel, uh, you know, throughout the book, you've, you know, used, you and Walter talked about some of the elephant experiences, but it is such an important part of this book to just have those nuggets of information. You've covered the N word. You've covered so many things. Yes, uh, we, we wanted to, uh, to include that because, you know, this, this book is engages all ages from K to gray, we like to say. And, um, uh, we find that when, when we talk about difficult topics like should we tear the statues down, are we in a post-racial society after a black president for two terms, uh, black people in the deadly dance with both American political party machines, uh, scientific racism, manifest destiny. These are topics that many times people end up either just saying, hey, I don't want to talk to you anymore or something. It, it just we just wanted to develop a process that people could go through. And one of the, the things that uh, really hit me just recently as I was going over it again is the, the phenomenal debate team of Wiley College in Texas. And uh, in 1930, you had a, a gentleman, uh, Melvin Tolson, who said, let's get together a debate team. And uh, in, in, 1830, in 1935, they ended up winning a national competition. And what he was such an incredible individual, because we talk about critical thinking skills, he would, he would cross-examine each debate person for an hour on stage. And they, they didn't have just one topic. They had four topics they'd be, be conversing on. And I think in this day and age where we all use, are using Siri and, and all these different uh, things, I find myself, my critical thinking skills uh, degrading incrementally every time I use Siri or Google. <laughs> and so there's something about uh, the debate, that, that uh, the skills that he created in these students. And of course, you have The, the Great Debaters uh, is a, a movie with Denzel Washington. I encourage everyone to watch. 
But that is it, the whole idea of knowing in, in our elephant experience, you have to know both sides in order to be able to hit, hold one side in a debate and or a discussion. So yeah, I think that's an important thing to consider when we think about the elephant experience and building our critical sk- thinking skills, our compassionate listening, and our, our uh, also our fact-based, respectful communication and action-oriented solutioning. Joel Freeman, one of the two authors, along with Walter Milton, uh, Dr. Walter Milton, who's not with us today, but uh, we will continue this story, Black History 365, an inclusive account of American history, a curriculum designed for all of you, as Joe just laid out, with more to come with integrated technology beyond the 1,248 pages in the book. Uh, Joel, you have a virtual open house coming on Thursday, August 19th from uh, noon to 2 p.m. Pacific. Uh, For everyone out there, a little more information on that. Yes, uh, every third Thursday of every month, we have an open house. And so you can, uh, anyone looking at your calendars, Uh, You can go to BH365 and find out when the next one is going to be when you hear this. And, of course, August 19th, uh, in terms of the date stamp on this particular interview, um, we have uh, people from educators, people all over the country coming. And then our team has a whole hour where we explain the history behind our curriculum uh, we, re- we respond to questions. We talk about professional development. We talk about the music, 41 hip-hop songs, one for every chapter, an anthology of, of history. And some have said could be the next Hamilton on Broadway. Uh, we, we have all kinds of different aspects and layers, pedagogical layers that we've built into this. And so uh, uh, we encourage everyone to be a part of that. If you're homeschool, charter school, Title I school, public school, private school, uh, parochial school, whatever it might be, or you just want to get more information about this at the college level or whatever, uh, feel free to be a part of it, and we would welcome anyone and everyone. And no question is off limits in, in our open houses. We absolutely love talking about anything and everything that are ricocheting around people's brains around this topic. Well, there's a lot of questions in my brain, and I've <laughs> had the pleasure of having many of those conversations on and off air with you, Joel, and with Walter as well. Uh, BH365.org is the website, August 19th. Uh, I've got to join you for one of these, Joel. I've got questions maybe I'll want to ask <laughs> of you and, and put you on that and Walter on the spot, which I know you love doing as well, my friend, but that is the nature of educators, education, and learning. Uh, Thank you so much for this first part in our series. We have a lot of work to do. As I've said and will continue to say, and you do too, history is being written every day, but we have to be accurate about it. And uh, we've only just begun this journey. Thank you so much, David. You've been very kind and really appreciate this uh, series we've had. And I know any topics you want to uh, hit on in the future. We, we are putty in your hands. We're wide open uh, to be of assistance in any way possible. God bless Black you. History 365. You hear from one of the men. By the way, if you want to call uh, or get in on those virtual sessions, ask him about his collection. He's always happy to talk about it. That Joel Freeman, uh, that is PhD, and of course his co-author Dr. Walter Milton Jr. BH365.org and I'll be right back. <laughs> 